It's that time again, fellers, as Jock Journal presents The Free Parking Show. Just a bunch of country boys who have a lot to say about sports. They invite you to call in, text, or just listen in. So pull up a comfy chair and crack open a beer. It's time to talk sports, chicks, and flicks. Hello and welcome to the Free Parking Show here on Jock Journal Radio. Um, I'm Ryan Moreland. I'll be joined here by uh, Rich, Peter, and Amos as always. Um, we're going to cover the, the both AFC and NFC championship games as well as the latest news um, from the NFL and around the world of sports. Um, before we get started, though, we always love to hear from our from our listeners out there. So give us a call at four zero five five six two five four six three, or text us at seven seven nine four eight with text as the first word of your message, um, and then your message following that, um, and read them uh, live on the air. So without further ado, I'm going to give it over to Rich. How are you doing tonight, Rich? Oh, uh, you know, same old, same old. Been dealing with these idiots at the university. Then the the they have doctorate degrees, but they still can't post the material the way they're supposed to. My my algebra instructor tells us, "Hey, we're going to post the uh, material." He goes, "I'm going to post some uh, homework for you guys this afternoon." Here it is, almost going into Friday class tomorrow, and I don't want to be stuck doing homework over the weekend, honestly. So I'm going to get a jump on it now, and he still hasn't posted nothing to the to the uh, the website. So I sent him an email yesterday afternoon. Here it is tonight. Still get get nothing back from him. So, you know, I'm going to call him a bum in honor of Peter tomorrow when I go to class, ask him where the homework is. But uh, other than that, I'm doing good. I, I, know you, I know you guys wanted, you know, we've got a little bit of extra time because, like I said, we got the Patriots, Broncos to talk about, Cardinals, uh, Panthers, there's a couple little tidbits going on between, you know, the, the banter going on between the Broncos and the Patriots, obviously, kind of not saying nothing at all. Uh, Ryan, you had something on your mind tonight, too, didn't you? Yes, absolutely. And I wanted to get your guys' opinion on this, uh, but I'll set it up for you first. Um, and I know that Amos knows about what I'm about to talk about because we talked about it on the uh, the show um, that me and him do together on Tuesday nights. But uh, John Scott... Um, NHL player, he's played something like he has like 11 points in his career, which is uh, goals and assists. So 11 in his entire career. The most he's ever had in a season is four. Um, Kind of as a joke, you know, everybody nowadays, uh, all the all-star games and stuff are fan votes. The Pro Bowl, it's all fan votes now. Was a joke, the fans got together and voted this guy on. So not only did he make it, but he was one of the captains. So it's Yammer Yager, who is, you know, in his 40s now and has been great since he was joined the league. Um, Alexander Ovechkin, who's the best player in the league right now. Um, Patrick Kane, uh, another guy, top of the league. And then this guy, uh, John Scott, who whose stats only look slightly better than my NHL all-time pro stats, uh, is the other captain. And, and they did it as a joke, and it, and it caught on, and the, the campaign grew. It actually started from a podcast, uh, is what I've read, that it started with them. I haven't heard the podcast in question. But then it grew and grew and grew into this big thing, um, and now he's going to be in the All-Star game. Uh, do you think that this is like the... the straw that broke the camel's back that this obviously isn't working that we should do away um with the fan vote for all-star games or um you know i heard a good argument today on the canal uh the russillo and canal show on espn um where danny canal said uh you know still have to let them have a vote but have it mean a lot less than you know whatever the writers or the media or you know or coaches or whatever but do you think that it's time to move on from the fan vote yeah i do actually um it's it's so ridiculous how guys like him get voted in and i'm pretty sure if i'm not mistaken around you can correct me if i'm wrong here that somebody wrote an article and some guys on the radio picked it up and thought it'd be a good idea for people to vote him in as a joke and it worked and uh, yep you're to right me, to me 
the fan voting is nothing more than a popularity contest because number one, I don't know about NHL, but in the NFL and Major League Baseball, you can vote up to as many times as you want for players, and I think it's ridiculous. And I don't agree with it. Now I know it's just sports, and you know who really cares, but. The All-Star game should be the best players or players that are up and coming that are great. Not some guy that's spending more time in the penalty box than on the ice. So that's all I got to say about that. I'm actually... God, Amos, we'll go I'm still no, debating on how I'm going to answer I, this one. Like I could, I, all right, I'm going I'm to go with no because I honestly... I, I think it's a problem that the fans find the All-Star game to be such a joke. And I think the NHL, instead of stripping or taking the fan vote away, is to do something, buff up the All-Star game, do something with it. Because at one time in sports, the All-Star game was something everybody liked to watch in almost every sport. Now they're all kind of done. The NFL got rid of, rid of the uh, conference or whatever, and now they're doing the <clears throat> like Hall of Fame team captains. It's just, I don't know. All sports need to do something to fix their All-Star games. Because the fact that your guys uh, guys getting voted in as a joke like that means, as, I mean, you mean you got very loyal hockey fans who probably voted for everyone who should have been in there, but you got like you know somewhat hockey fans who I don't know they're just not you know you got to get them to buy more into the sport and take it seriously somehow rather than just let's vote a guy in who doesn't deserve it. I, in a way, I kind of understand that, but when you see the All Star games, it's like they've got the slam dunk contest. The three-point competition. They used to have the skills competition. And it's been like one big, huge show for the fans. So, of course, you know, they, they drive it more towards the fans than towards the sports at home, or the sport itself. So I, I kind of think that they should not change it in that aspect. Now, as far, and I'm going to use a, another example of somebody who does not do that as a PGA, the President's Cup, where they pit USA versus uh, the European boys. They use the top-ranked golfers with one one of the President's Cups captains or however they want to do it. So, you know, whoever, you know, the, in the FedEx standings is who, who makes the President's Cup and whatnot. Same with the Barclays. It's all playoffs. The, the best ones get in. So I, that's why I like golf a little bit more when they, when they get down to the Barclays and the President's Cup and the Ryder Cup and everything else because it's the best of the best whether you're an all-star or not, because we've seen PGA pro players like Tiger Woods tank a year, and he doesn't get in, so not not anymore. But I, on that aspect, I'm going to say that the fan vote will probably never go away. This is uh, There's a few points I want to bring up. And Amos, uh, I thought you brought up some really good points there. Even on the, even on the opposing view, uh, that was an interesting way to think of it. Um, that when you think first cut brought it up because it is their job to make it interesting um and they're not really that great um but this year they i mean they are making in the nhl this year it's going to be a three-man three-on-three tournament for the first time ever so they're trying to do stuff because people really like that three-on-three it's exciting it's very fast-paced as you can imagine um so it's it is exciting it's fun um uh, to watch so for the fans, they are doing that, but there's a couple reasons why I really don't like this. Like first, there's money on the line, and for the NHL, whoever, whichever team wins this, wins money. And now it's a three-on-three tournament, so now you only have, uh, you're gonna have like two guys that are like probably perennial all-stars, you know, top of the league kind of guys, and you're gonna have this guy, and every other team is going to have three, uh, fantastic, amazing skaters. Um, and this team is going to be down, like instantly down um, by a lot because this guy's slow. He's a goon. He's six eight. You know, he's he's just a big guy that goes in to fight. He's not a um, good skater. He's not a good scorer. Um, so they're immediately down, like which isn't fair to them. Um, and then another reason I really don't like this is. You know the 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 format is supposed to be exciting to watch, and it is the league's responsibility to make it exciting, like you said. Uh, but then I think it's the responsibility to make sure the best players make it. You know, there's a, a guy you know out there right now that is you know top of the league quality wise that didn't make this, so John Scott could make a spot um, with only the few amount of guys that got into there. Um, so I really don't like that because some guy makes uh, you know 
missed out because of that. And the third reason was when you look at a guy's career after he's done, you you say like, oh, this guy, you know, 10-time Pro Bowler or this guy, 7-time NBA All-Star. It's one of the measurements that we put on a career um, in all sports, you know, when when I like you look at like guys like Bruce Matthews, he had 14 consecutive Pro Bowls. It's an amazing career, outstanding. Um, you know, like you look that you use the Pro Bowl and and stuff like that, um, and it and it has become like tainted nowadays. But it was like an instant like you know way to measure a guy's career the all-star games um yeah absolutely i agree so now you have this guy that's just getting in as a joke so he gets one and you're taking away from a guy that should have made it this year um so he's gonna have one less one at the end of his career so that's i mean there's a couple reasons i don't like it but you i think you did bring up great points there maybe they should limit to the number that changes it up I think it should be like um, do like an assistant coaches kind of voting thing that you know basketball does that for uh, a lot of the rewards and stuff, um, or do like they do the media and the like the writers forever. And I think that that was good because they're impartial. Normally, that you know they they stay pretty impartial. Like when I vote, I go in and like if I if I decide to vote, normally I won't, but because I think it's dumb. But if I decide to, I'll go on. And I'll be, you know what, this guy was really good. It's not like I go in there and I'm just like, Tennessee Titans! <laughs> like, I think a lot of people do that. Where they're just like, oh, my Browns fan, Johnny Manziel's going to the Pro Bowl. <laughs> like, uh, you know, when they don't, yeah. don't deserve to make it, they just root for the team that they like. Let me ask you this, you guys. Would you be opposed? Because, like, I, I don't know, I'm not saying I agree with this way. To be posed for them putting in a computer system to like kind of break down for percentages and stats, and have it rank the top players at their position who make the Pro Bowl or All Star game. I wouldn't like that. That's... No, no, I wouldn't like. No, because I, I think because... that's that's gonna. Then you're gonna begin into. Go ahead. Well, the way the way I look at it is, is number one, the computer system. I don't really agree with it because. Just because you put up the best numbers, and I think sometimes we forget this, putting up the best numbers doesn't mean that you should be in the Pro Bowl because there are guys, I mean, you look at Julian Edelman, he's never going to have, you know, a 1,800-yard, 15-touchdown season, but he does. He gets first down. So I think the computer is going to look more at total numbers rather than how they affect the game. People like Julian Edelman, for one. Um, and then you can look at, I'm trying to think of some other players out there, you know, and then you look at Allen Robinson and... Uh, Robinson and Hearns on the Jaguars, they put up great numbers, but even, I mean, I, I don't know how where they were in the league, they were probably at the top, but they weren't even voted in. So you could use that as an argument for saying, yeah, use the use a computer system, but are computers really going to be able to decide who the best players are? Maybe the best thing to do would be voting amongst peers in the NFL, coaches, GMs, and, and owners, I think might be the best people to vote, vote the players in. Yes, he might be biased towards their yeah, no, team, I agree but you're going to have two or three people in an organization that are going to vote for it instead of, you know, millions of fans for a team like the Cowboys voting for all these players when the Jaguars have two of the best young receivers in the league. And Blake Bortles had a really good year at quarterback, and I don't think he's voting on the Pro Bowl, and they're going to skip them. So to me, a computer's not good enough, even to the coaches, the GMs, uh, the owners, and then the players. And it's kind of like the top 100 players of the NFL. Let the players decide the Pro Bowl, and I think it would be a lot more fun that way in my opinion. I, I kind of agree with that on that one. But at the same time, it is about the fans. There's got to be a way to regulate the voting. Because, I mean, if you think about it, you can go on there and vote bro- for the Pro Bowl as many times as you want to. They probably need to have, like, like some sort of where you put your name. Yeah, I know once a player hits a limit, no more voting for him or something. Because that, that's going to be the only way they can control this. Because if you allow a player to vote a hundred times, they're going to continue to vote for that player a hundred times, just like Ryan said. But that that's just the way I think about it. I don't think you need to throw the stats out there. I agree with Peter about uh, throwing the stats out there, but I think they need to keep it as a fans because we're the ones paying to go to the games. We're the ones watching on TV. We're the ones that cheer for our favorite teams. We should have a say-so in it as well. 
I think that uh, Peter like said it perfectly. You don't get that human element. Um, you know, there are guys out there that just, I mean, look at, uh, Drew Brees, not to take anything away from him, I think Drew Brees is an amazing, uh, amazing quarterback, but this season, you would definitely not put him at the top, uh, but statistically, he was at the top of the NFL, you know, you would definitely choose, you know, Cam Newton out of the NFC, or, or well, you don't even do the conferences anymore, but there's a lot of guys that had... You know, look at Cam Newton this year. He did his statistically not a really great season if you look at the numbers. Um, but he led his team. Um, you know, he's uh, probably going to be the MVP of the league. Um, and it's not because he was statistically good, but he did so much for his team and he had an excellent season. And so I think Cam Newton is a perfect example of why I don't think like a computer system would work. Um, I don't think that there's any way that's like completely like I will say I don't think there's any way that's going to be completely fair or like 100% without fault. But you guys bring up a great point with the the have the league vote your peers and they do that for nfl.com does the you know the NFL top 100 or whatever every single season. Yeah. And every now and again I'll look at it and I'll be like, "Ah, oh, the guy at 7 I would have put higher, maybe like at 4." Or the you know the guy at fifteen I think should be like towards twenty two, but there's never like you're never like the guy at seventy eight needs to be in the top five. You know you're never they're never that bad. I think that they you know and then even if you do think they're that bad, you're like, well I don't play these guys. You know these guys play each other every week. They know better than I do. Um, so I think that kind of I think that's a really good way to do it. Uh, you know to have you vote on your peers and have assistant coaches vote and. Uh, you know, stuff like that would because those guys know they get to play up. Like I don't know what it feels like to get hit by Jason Bobineau. Like I don't know um, how hard it is to pick <laughs> off Tom Brady. You know, like I can watch and I look and I really see that these guys are good players. But like I don't know that. You know, I don't know how how hard it is to keep you know Aaron Donald out of the backfield. You know, I don't know that kind of stuff. So like when you. Uh, when you ask the players themselves, I mean, there's who knows the NFL better than the guys that play in the NFL or coach in the NFL? I mean, there's nobody. Or former players. No, not, I agree with you guys. Team. I'm not saying it should go to a computer system at all, but I think because we live in such a statistical world when it comes to sports, uh, everything's based off numbers, of numbers of championships or whatever. And I'm not. I don't know if it'll ever be talked about seriously, but I think it will be talked about. Oh, I absolutely agree. I think you'll. I think there'd be people that would be yeah, like. I, 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 I think there'd be people that would be all for it too. Matthew Stafford fans would be all yeah, for well, it. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think a perfect example of not to do it would be like when the BCS did their point system, and everybody constantly disagreed with it. Oh, the old Harris poll, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's you're never gonna find something that's gonna please everybody. Uh, you're not, but I think that the play like this no. is obviously the fan votes obviously like trash. I mean, we haven't really seen anything. I don't think there. I mean, there has been the stuff that I thought was pretty outrageous. Guys that got left out that should have been put in, and and you definitely see like feel good stories get in before guys that really deserve it. Um, and now I think that. And now, like I like I said earlier, you use it to measure a guy's career, and now I don't think that's valid anymore. I think that you can do that for guys that used to play in the league, but now it just means you were popular. Yeah, you're right. It's like it's like a high school superlative. High school superlative. It's just the most popular people are going to get voted in. You know what I mean? So that's you bring up a good point there. It's it's all about being popular now, which I think is ridiculous. But it's the way the game is. I mean. You know, I talked to the, there's a couple of guys that, uh, used to write or write for the NFL currently that I talked to on Twitter that I've had interactions with. And I kind of get the vibe from them that the way things were when they started writing years ago was different than it is now for certain people. I'm not saying all people, but uh, one of them has, has told me to, to my face that he's known a shift and change of how people talk about, but you see these guys on TV now. They're totally against certain teams that are very biased. And it just goes to show you that it's all about who you used to play for and the popularity of teams and players or who gets voted into the Pro Bowl, which I think is a shame. I think that, you know, the Pro Bowl to me is, it, I used to, I used to enjoy watching it, but now it's just a flag football game with just a bunch of big name players. I mean, 
if you really think about it, Peyton Manning, you know, even though he had a down year, I wouldn't have been surprised if he got voted into the Pro Bowl because because of his name. And it's just because of the person's name. I feel like when people go and vote, they see a big player's name and they vote for them instead of a guy like Hearns or Robinson, the receivers from Jacksonville, or a guy like Blake Bortolu, who who was second in the league in touchdown passes this year. So people are going to look over that and be like, oh, well, this guy, his last name's Manning, so you you know he's good, but he had a bad season. Now, he didn't get voted in, but it's just a point made that it's just so ridiculous. And I'm sure the NFL made the change to what AFC, uh, two NFL legends drafting players and making their own team. That hasn't, that hasn't made the game more fun. It's so ridiculous. It's just, I don't know, it just irritates me. I'd rather see it be a very small amount of people voting than all these people around the, from around the world voting like 100 times for guys that shouldn't even be in the Pro Bowl. I'll be 100% honest. Since they moved the Pro Bowl to the week before the Super Bowl, I haven't watched one. I've I watched like every single one in my life uh, when they were after the Pro Bowl, but I haven't watched a single one since they moved it to before the Super Bowl. They're they're boring now. It, no players want to get hurt at the end of the, well, at, well, I mean, the, end of the look, season. And even many... the guys that are in the Pro Bowl, they're playing in the Super Bowl. They're not going to play in. They're not going to play in both. Exactly. It, it exactly. Just, and they took away the and they they took away the quarterback challenges, the the celebrity games, and everything else. There's there's no fun at the Pro Bowl anymore. And if you look at the older players in the league, Tom Brady's been voted in like like the last four years, and he doesn't even want to go down there and play in one. It's just, it's almost like, I, I think Hawaii in all anymore, the sports, yeah, there was at the side of the Super Bowl, but I think they moved it back to Hawaii. But the point being is the players, some of them do want to go play in there, but at the same time, it's just not the same, like they're running half speed, they're not playing for a reason. I still think the best all-star game is belongs to Major League Baseball. Uh, the mm-hmm. commissioner before the new uh, Bug Selig said, hey, NL, AL, whoever wins the World Series is going to host the, uh, the you know, is going to have home field advantage, you know, or whoever wins All-Star game, whether it's the AL team or the NL team, you guys are going to host the World, you know, have home field advantage in the World Series regardless of what your record is. So they make it a little bit more competitive in that way, but you can't do it with the NFL because the Super Bowl is played in a, natural, or in a neutral stadium for the most part. So moving forward, you huh. know we we've got uh we got we had some interesting uh <laughs> stories that come out. <laughs> I just I heard the dead air, so I've just figured you know we're running running about halfway into the show. Uh, so the biggest obviously the biggest story is Patriots Broncos, and I'm I'm sorry Cardinals and Panthers fans. Uh, Brady Manning, they're dubbed in Brady Manning seventeen. I wrote an article on it on Jock Journal that posted today about is this the last time that we're going to see this this stored rivalry go head-to-head. As me being a Patriots fan and, and all our Colts fans and Broncos fans, I mean, you can sit there and look at the Ravens and the Steelers, the Jets and the Patriots. But, I mean, it really, it's been such iconic to watch these two guys play on the football field. For, for me, it, it's always like they bring out the best in each other to an extent because I know Brady's had a few bad games against Peyton. Peyton's had a few bad games against Brady. But I think it's I think Brady leads this thing eleven to five now. So uh, Manning is uh, two and one in AFC Championship games. You know, so there's a lot of statistical facts that we can get into. But big question going forward is: Is this the last time we will see Brady Manning? Uh, me personally, I think he's gonna. I think Peyton's retiring at the end of the year. If you lose this game, you're you're gonna get run out. Of, he's gonna be done in Denver anyway. So, Peter, what do you think? Are we going to see another Brady Manning after this? No, I don't think so. The only way it would happen, um, I'm going to stick to my answer no, but the only way it would happen is if he wants to come back for another season, I would not be shocked if Rex Ryan went on and got Peyton Manning just for the sake of getting him, even though Tyrod Taylor is his guy, because Rex Ryan loved the headline. So you could see it twice next season, but that's such a long shot. I don't think it'll happen, but... I think this is the end of the road for Peyton Manning um, this season. I don't see him coming back next year because he he has he played poorly this year. I think um, he's only thrown one touchdown 
in Denver to, I, I believe, and I'm not sure if I'm right here, but I thought I saw one touchdown to eight yeah. interceptions. One touchdown. In Denver. Yeah. Tom Brady has done better in Denver in one game than Manny has done in the couple, the, the amount of games he's played in Denver. So that's something to keep an eye on. But this is going to be the last time, in, in my opinion, you see these two teams, you see these two quarterbacks playing the same game and. I mean, what what a better stage than the AFC Championship game to watch these two guys play. And, you know, it's kind of a shame to see this is the end for, for this matchup. Um, and really quick, I'm just going to get some talking points on the game. I just wanted to, if that's okay, I just want to, to me, the key of this game, and it's going to be a lot like the Patriots last game, is the battle of the trenches. The Patriots were second in sacks um, on opposing quarterbacks, and the Broncos were, were first. And both of these offensive lines had their struggles throughout the season. Um, even though, although New England and Denver's offensive lines held up for their respective quarterbacks last week. So I think it's going to come down to who gets to the quarterback the quickest. Um, but I think Tom Brady and the Patriots win this one because Brady has more zip on his passes than Peyton Manning does. So you look at, you look at Tom Brady, I think he's going to be able, I think they're going to spread out the ball and they're going to dink and dunk at the entire game or most of the game. And then they're going to launch deep passes to the Gronkowski, LaFell, and Keyshawn Martin. To try to sp- to try to uh, stretch the field, and I think they're going to try to run the ball, uh, attempt to run the ball this game. They have to just to try to get something, you know, maybe a couple runs here and there, just to kind of take the defense off balance. Even though I don't think it'll work, but I think the Patriots win this one. Uh, you know, I, I'm running an article today actually on on the preview of this game, and I'm taking the Patriots 27-19 over the Denver Broncos. That's my prediction. Patriots win and go to the Super Bowl. Before, like before, uh, before Amos, you get into this. Oh, hold on! Before you get into this, okay. let's go ahead and take a quick commercial break, and we'll come back. We'll talk right, more Patriots Broncos, followed by uh, Arizona Carolina. We'll be right back, guys. Hey, the boys are talking, and the show is really moving along. But we need to take a break before a fight breaks out. People end up in the hospital. Stay tuned. And we'll be right back now, you hear? <laughs> that boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. One eight seven seven cars for kids. K A R S cards for kids. One eight seven seven cards for kids. Donate your car today. One eight seven seven cars for kids. K-A-R-S, Cars for Kids. one eight seven seven cars for kids Donate your car today. Also on the web at carsforkids.com. That's cars with a K. We're a recognized 501c3 charity organization, so you'll receive a maximum tax deduction. What's more, you'll receive a free vacation voucher of three days and two nights. one eight seven seven cars for kids K-A-R-S, Cars for Kids. One eight seven seven cars for kids. Donate your car today. Are you looking for the web's best sports news? Visit jockjournal.com. Sports media has lost its touch. It seems that journalists are scared to report what they see for fear of losing access to the teams they cover. At jockjournal.com, you get inside info on the entire NFL community without all the politics or fears other writers have. That's jockjournal.com. When you need the NFL sports news, information, opinions, fantasy, football, or discussions, there's only one place to go and it's jockjournal.com okay the boys have settled down one has a beard in and the other has a stake on his eye why don't you give them a call and tell them what you think you are listening to the free parking show here on jock journal radio um we're going to get right back into it, but real quick before we do don't forget to call in at 405-562-5463 or text in at 77948 with the first word of your text message being the word text, um, followed by whatever you want to send in to us. We'd love to hear from you. All right, Rich, right back to you. All right, so Amos, my question to you is, 
I know that you you're a Patriots fan just like I am. What do you make of all the trash talk with Chris Harris Jr. saying, "Oh, we, you know, if you got to take Brown, Gronk out, you got to take him out, you know, take him out by the knees or whatever, hit him below the below the belt." Where Gronk comes back and says, "Well, it appears their whole entire team loves hitting below the belt." You know, and then they're calling Tom Brady a crybaby, and then you got all this banter, and it's pretty much you know business as usual in New England where. Belichick was, I think he went on record saying something along the lines of, oh, we don't listen to that. That's just nothing but hot air. We're just focused on Denver. Is Denver putting themselves in this position of, like, trying to intentionally piss off the Patriots, knowing that they're coming into their stadium with a much different team than they they faced back in, what was it, week 11? Yeah, I I think it's intentional. But I don't think it's necessarily to piss him off. I think it's just to get inside, uh, try to get inside uh, Brady's head, Gronk's head. Try to make, you know, get into Gronk's head thinking about, you know, when he's going to catch the ball or even when he catches the ball and runs turn up field, if there's going to be a guy right there at his knee and maybe he drops the ball and uh, maybe Brady tries to get rid of that ball even quicker than what he usually does and the receivers just aren't where they're supposed to be. And, uh, yeah, as far as the Patriots side, yeah, I mean – Obviously, no team is just going to ignore that. I mean, they hear about it in the media. And I think it's just, uh, I think, yeah, they're going to take that and use it for motivation. I think it's going to be bulletin board material. But, yeah, I think at that point, I think the Broncos are just trying to play an intimidation game and the Patriots just aren't buying into it. And before we pick Ryan, my question to you is, Chris Harris Jr. injured his shoulder in the divisional round against the Steelers. He is one on record saying Bradley Roby is going to be playing more on the outside and he's going to be moved to the inside, matching up one-on-one with Julian Edelman. The question here is, is how bad is that shoulder and is it going to affect his uh, coverage skills against one of the one of the more elite slot wide receivers in the NFL for an important matchup? Or is Tom Brady just going to pick on both Bradley Roby and Chris Harris Jr. all game long? I think this is a, a good question. I think this, in my opinion, is the matchup of the game for me. Uh, watching what Harris and um, Chris Harris Jr. and Julian Edelman. Um, because of the shoulder, that definitely brings up questions. But Harris is a physical guy. And if they're moving him inside, that tells me one thing, that they're going to press. And uh, me and uh, Rich talked about this the other day. I think they're going to press all game long. Because um, they don't want pay or they don't want Tom Brady to set back in the pocket for two was it 2.3 seconds and then fire it to an Edelman for a first down you know what uh, 14 times a game that's not what they want at all so I think what they're going to try to do is this press Chris Harris that first five yards is just going to maul Julian Edelman that's going to be their game plan um then on the outside you know you they're not real strong on the outside so it's something that you can kind of like relax a little bit, but you still have to figure out a way to to play Gronk, and I think that demands um, double coverage. I don't. I mean, even in double coverage, <laughs> Gronk has the advantage. That guy's a freak. Um, I think we all know that. Um, but then the shoulder injury, and it's going to come into play. And of course, I don't know exactly how he's feeling or exactly uh how bad the shoulder injury is i heard him say that he was feeling good and he was good to go but i think that's what you say at this point um i don't think they'd want to say any otherwise um but obviously he's doing well enough to play or they wouldn't have they wouldn't uh have him playing against edelman which i think uh, is you know a big key to the patriots winning this game will be how edelman plays so I think that that is a sign of confidence from the team um, that Harris is uh, at least ready to go in some fashion. Uh, I, but I think that's the matchup of the game. I think it's going to be fun to watch because I think that's what they're playing. Because um, that's what I would do. If I was going to play them, I'd take Harris, who's a really good press in press coverage, um, and just have a Maul Edelman, uh, who's not that big of a guy, uh, get up in his face, push him around, don't let him get into his route that fast so that way Tom Brady has to hold onto the ball and you let your really good run uh, your I mean really good pr- uh, pass rush get after Tom Brady I think that that if they can successfully I think that's a huge key for Denver to win and probably the only way that they can actually win this game um, seeing as as poorly as their offense has played as of late uh, 
Still think that it's probably the Patriots game. I just really, I mean, you they have to basically play perfect defense for the Broncos. Um, you know, take that game plan and play it perfectly and hope that your defense scores a touchdown. Uh, you know, because, I mean, they're just so awful on offense. And you got to keep in mind, too, is, you know, New England's no slouch on defense. There's something like... Uh, 10th and or I want to say 9th in yards allowed 10th and uh, points allowed so definitely no slouch on defense this is a good defense um, and you know you have the flat arm of, of Tom, or I mean flat arm of Peyton Manning as of late uh, the running game that hasn't worked uh, so it's going to be hard I still think the Patriots going to win um, it's going to be exciting though I think it's going to be end up being a really low scoring Super Bowl though you mean uh, championship game? No, championship game, my bad. Excuse me, championship game. <laughs> you might as well call it the Super Bowl, I guess. But, uh, I, you know, this was my bit. What have I been saying all since, you know, the injury to Nate Solder? You know, the, the Patriots are banged up on the on the D offensive line. Bomer came back. And the good news for them going into this game is not one player missed the walkthrough. Whoever's you know was on the injury report, they were all pre- they were all present. They all practiced in some sort of a you know some sort of form on on today before they head out tomorrow. They're actually heading out to Denver tomorrow to beat the Winter Storm that we talked about. Uh, I did. This is the thing: if Tom Brady can get rid of that ball as quickly as he did against Kansas City, I mean Ryan, you hit some keynotes. Peters hit some keynotes. Everybody's hit the keynotes. This is all going for me. It's about the offensive line versus the defensive line, and you know, if I what I'm thinking from what I see from Denver, I don't see Peyton Manning's arm being able to to keep up with Tom Brady. It's just not going to happen. And the reason I say this, Denver had the ball uh, twice last week in Pittsburgh territory with starting field position inside the forty. Wind up kicking two field goals out of it. You just don't do that when you're playing New England. New England's got all their boys back. We talked about this last week with Kansas City. I, I you know, I, I you can call it low scoring. I think New England's going to go in there and hang about 27 on these boys, and Denver may get. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's going to be like 27 to maybe like 17, something of that matter. I think this is a two possession game for the simple fact that there's not going to be any answer for Julian Edelman. I think Chris Harris's shoulder is a little bit more banged up than what he's telling the media, but like you said, we don't know 100% sure. But you've got Julian Edelman, you got Rob Gronkowski, you got Danny Amendola, you got Keyshawn Martin, Brandon LaFell, James White, so many weapons that Denver's going to have to contend with. And Von Miller is high as hell if he thinks he's going to get at Tom Brady in one second. You, did, did, let me ask you a question before we move on to this game. Did you see what he said? He said, well, oh, uh, yeah, Tom Brady gets rid of the ball in two seconds, but I can get to him in one. I'm like, really, dude? <laughs> didn't he, didn't he yeah, no, I was just smoking out. marijuana one time. This guy's high as a kite. What a freaking bum. <laughs> and Chandler Jones is going to Colorado, Ryan too. <laughs> I love the points Ryan brings up between Edelman and um, the Chris Harris Jr. matchup. <laughs> And I do think it's the best match of the game up, too. But I, to me, I think the Broncos lose that battle either way. Because he's healthy, he's going to play up and press. If he's injured, he's going to play back, and Edelman will beat him that way. But if he's healthy and he's pressing, I think the Patriots, I think Daniels is smart enough to spread them out and get some people in motion and, like, crossing routes. And I think I just, I think the Patriots are going to have a heyday in that secondary. I'm interested. I, I agree 100%. I said this to Rich too uh, when we were talking about it. Is I, you know, I think they're going to run the press and stuff. Um, and then I want to. I'm excited to see because you know, if I know that, then Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels know that. And you know exactly what you said: rub routes, um, motion routes. Like, what are they going to do to keep Chris Harris Jr. off of Edelman long enough to get Edelman the ball quickly? Uh, it's, it'll be interesting to see what their game plan is for that. I agree. Let's keep in mind. I know. I know that we talked. You know, we talked numbers for a while, and I brought this up, so I'm going to bring it up on the air. When Tom Brady has Rob Gronkowski and Julian Edelman in the lineup, he is undefeated against the uh, Denver Broncos. Uh, another point to bring up is uh, you guys... what is it? Tom Brady is. 
Well, real quickly, Tom Brady is undefeated. Uh, no, I was just going to say he's also undefeated against teams that uh, finished the season with an overall ranked number one defense. And all three of those wins came on the road. So, you know, I, I just think Tom Brady is going to outshine Peyton Manning. And for me, defensively, I think the Patriots are going to stack that box up and force Peyton Manning to throw that football, and he's not going to be able to do it. I don't see it happening. Now, go ahead. What were you going to say, Miss? Oh, no, I was going to say, I don't know if you guys have seen, like, the Ed Hockey League stats for, like, play or repping at home with Denver. But, like, I don't think people realize it's an AFC championship and it's not his normal crew. Like, all these refs are all-stars at their positions. You know what I mean? Like, they're the best. I... Yeah, I, I saw I saw who was refing it and somebody, a bunch of Patriots fans are like, I hope they don't blow this game on us. I said, I don't think they're going to need the refs' help. <laughs> But yeah. so you know, so are we? Are we? Are we going to make it clear we're all taking New England all for the AFC Championship game? Correct. Yes. Ryan, you think it's going to yep. be low scoring? I think Peter. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say. Yeah, so we're I'm that it's a clean sweep for New nobody England. Nobody goes. Nobody scores over 17 points. Neither team. I think it's going to be like 17-14 or 17-10, something like that. Uh, considering like Tom Brady did not have all his weapons and he threw three touchdowns last time, it should be rather interesting. Moving over to the NFC, Peter, this was the question that I, you know, that me and you kind of talked about on the side here is we we were impressed with Carolina in the first half of the game, but then when they got to the second half, they looked horrible. Now, granted, Arizona didn't look great that, that you know, in their, their uh, divisional matchup against the Packers, they they almost gave it away on that Hail Mary throw. Well, we spoke highly on Larry Fitzgerald. The question is, is it a concern for the Panthers, regardless of what Arizona did in Green Bay? Yeah, well, regardless of what Arizona did at home against Green Bay in Arizona, I, I, I think the Panthers should be concerned because of how flat they came out in that second half and how they just did not seem to have that – killer instincts in the second half. You know, I know they won the game. And, you know, good for them, but they didn't score a single point in the second half against the Seattle Seahawks. Now, Seattle is a good team. Don't get me wrong. They are. They went to back-to-back Super Bowls going one-and-one one in them. So they have experience in the playoffs and they want to get things done. Uh, and then you look at Arizona. Now, they barely escaped against the banged-up Green Bay Packers team, but Green Bay has Aaron Rodgers and some good, still some good skill set players on offense and on defense, so not surprised that Green Bay kept it in, kept it in there with them. I think after sort of watching most of the game, but I, if I'm Carolina, I am concerned because Arizona can spread it out, and and I believe Amos had pointed this out. They can spread it out against that four three or the, against the defense that Carolina uses and probably pick them apart uh, because now they don't have Charles Tillman in the playoffs. Now they do have Josh Norman and Corlin Finnegan, and they have great defense, but. You have Larry Fitzgerald, Michael Flynn, and Josh Brown as your receivers, plus David Johnson coming out of the backfield. And and those are just four guys, and David Johnson can catch you. Those are four guys you have to keep your eyes on every single game because they will make a big play. If I'm Carolina, I am concerned. And Arizona, has, to me, has a great defense. And because they might be able to cover up, I think they'll do a really good job of covering up Carolina's receivers who really aren't that great. They've done, they've done a really good job this year. Despite um, you know the injuries that they've had, and, and I think Amos, the opposite uh, well, but oh, I think Arizona's oh, and get after Cam Newton. All oh, good, man. Amos, uh, whoever wants to go next, that's what so my question point to you, Amos, is uh, receivers and get to Cam Newton. Same, and same. I believe Arizona will win this game, thirty-one twenty-four. Right on, right on. My question to you is, is Carson Palmer did not look as sharp as what he did in the divisional round versus Green Bay. It's kind of safe to say that Larry Fitzgerald kind of bailed him out. Do you think he was just playing with nerves about kind of like, well, I haven't won a play game, but now that he's got the quote-unquote monkey <laughs> off his back, do you see a more relaxed Carson Palmer going in going into this matchup Sunday and kind of, you know, still continuing to sling that rock around? Yeah, absolutely, and I think you bring up a good point there with, 
he gets his first win, and now the monkey's off the back. He probably is a little more relaxed. I'm sure, like, it doesn't help. Yeah, you get your first playoff win, and then you have to go to Carolina, who's 15-1. and one. Like, getting that first win off your back probably helps, but knowing who you're going up against doesn't. <clears throat> but I will say this. I think, and this is no put down to the Carolina Panthers, but I think offensively for Arizona as a whole unit and the schemes that they can run and the receivers that are interchangeable is much better when they are at their best than Carolina is with the scheme of defense that they run. They're not real comfortable in the nickel, and with Charles Tillman out, they're way less comfortable. And I like Cortland Finnegan. I know he's played well, but I he's not a guy I trust every game. And I think if you get him out of the 4-3 where they really have to start diving deep in that secondary for players because I think they still have a safety out now Jared Allen's out. I just think if Arizona plays their best game, I don't think Carolina is going to – I mean, they're 15-1. They're always going to have a chance. They're a great football team with Cam Newton and Luke Keekley, Thomas Davis, Josh Norman. But I think I just think Arizona, if they play their best, I think this game is going to be easy for them. I think it may look close like New England, Kansas City – but I think you're always going to have that feeling that Arizona is probably just going to come out with the win. I really do. I just, something tells me, and I think an interesting matchup is, and it keeps coming to me, and I think it's real intriguing, is Patrick Peterson and Ted Ginn, just strictly for the go route, because I think that's going to be a battle, and I think that could be real fun. Yeah. And uh, Ryan, you are big on matchups as well. But the question is, Greg Olson, what do the, uh, you know, what do, what does each team do with the weapon and Greg Olson and Larry Fitzgerald? Well, first I'm going to read you the two text messages. And these were uh, right when we finished up, right when Peter actually started answering. I got these. Literally, uh, they hit one right after the other. I mean, maybe three seconds apart, and it was like perfect timing. The first one from Connecticut reads, <laughs> Go Pats! Second one from Denver reads, Pat suck, go Broncos. <laughs> it's like one right after the other perfect time. Yes! <laughs> Trash talking on Jock Dirtle. Excellent. <laughs> I um, love it. That might have been back home in Connecticut that texted go past. So if that was you or one of my family members, you're the best. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But to answer your and question. I don't know anyone in Denver, so they're listening. I have uh, to answer your question. Now, absolutely, this is the first thing you look at when you look at these two offenses. Are is these two guys, Olson and Fitzgerald, and how do you slow them down? Luckily for both teams, they have really great secondaries and really great um, weapons in those secondaries that are you know are very going to be very tough to match up against um, both ways. I think you know we've been looking at these two teams the entire season. It, it seems like. It was destined to be these two teams in the end. The AFC was a little bit more clouded, you know. There was Cincinnati there, uh, Kansas City, you know, towards the end. But it it felt just like an NFC. It was going to be these two teams. The whole season, it felt like it was going to be these two teams. When uh, For Greg Olson, you know, you have, uh, you know, you got like Patrick Peterson, um, Tyron Matthew, uh, they have these really great players that are. It's going to be hard for them, especially because that's all that they have on that offense. Um, you know, Ted Ginn is good for a go route, but he's only good for the go route. Um, uh, Greg Olson is an outstanding tight end, um, and I think he's better than a lot of people thought he was before this season. But he just finally got a chance to show how good he is. But they only have one weapon, and they have so many weapons in that Arizona defense that they're going to be able to slow him down. You go to the other side of the ball here. Uh, you look at Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald will probably get Josh Norman, um, you know, and that is his still really good secondary. Not as talented as a secondary of a secondary, but it is still very good um, that they have in there. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for Larry Fitzgerald to um, to get his catches. He is a physical guy, though, and he's such a good route runner. He has all the weapons that you really want in a physical um, a physical wide receiver like he is. Um, so I think that's going to play into the, in, into advantage um, 
for the, uh, Arizona because I think th- I really like what Josh Norman's been able to do. I really think he's an outstanding player, but I don't think you're going to shut down Larry Fitzgerald in this game. Uh, slow him down maybe, but shut him down, I doubt it. And then you have to look. They have David Johnson coming out of the backfield. has really good hands. Um, they have... Um, you know Brown. They have they have other guys in this offense that can catch a football, that can make a play. Um, and not saying that Carolina doesn't, but they don't have nearly the talent. This game, when I've watched that Arizona game um, last week, uh, Green Bay. I wanted to say this. When I watched that game, it was just of course um, happened first, and I was like, ooh, because I've picked Arizona since. Uh, I've picked Arizona to win a Super Bowl since like week four, um, but I, I watched that game and I was like, oh, uh oh, this might not be as easy as I thought it was going to be. This is going to be pretty tough. And then you watch the first half of the Seattle game and you're like, oh damn, oh damn, <laughs> like, and then I think the Carolina. And then you watch the second half of that Carolina game and you're like, well, they just gave up there. And um, so it's going to be interesting, but. I don't like the way that um, Cam Newton played in that game at all. You know, we talked about that 164 yards total, rushing and passing, which is, um, uh, you know, extremely low, especially for a player of his caliber. Uh, So that's unbelievably low. I don't like the way he played in that game. I think Arizona's going to be able to do that to him again, um, where they're going to put pressure on the running game. Um, The thing is is the reason that Seattle lost that game was because of turnovers. Um, and then last week we saw Palmer come out and do his best to try to give the game away to the Green Bay Packers, but the Packers just really didn't want it that bad, uh, you know, with the turnovers. So it's gonna a lot of this is going to come down to what kind of game that Carson Palmer plays. Because I think that Arizona's going to disrupt Cam Newton. I think they are going to make it hard for him. I don't see him having a good game. Um, in this, uh, so it's going to come down onto the shoulders of Carson Palmer. If he has another, you know, you throw another two interception game, you're looking at a loss. Uh, I think you. Re- so he really has to come out, play mistake-free football, lead his team down the field. I think that they're Arizona still wins this. I just think that they're more the more complete team. Um, you know, I think they're slightly better on defense. I think they're a tad bit better on offense. Uh, and so I think they're going to end up getting this win. Uh, but I think this is easily the best of the two games. Uh, you know, if you had to miss one of the games, you know, tune out on the other one and watch this one. I think it's going to be the more exciting matchup. And for me, I, I still can't get over the fact that, you know, we, we talked about the, the near giveaway to Green Bay in Arizona hung in there and fought till the very end. And then you look at Carolina, who had the opportunity to close them out quick and then just didn't put their foot on the gas. They started playing conservative. And next thing you know, Seattle's kind of right back in this game. It was still, what, a 10-point win, but Carolina should have closed it out started that third quarter. I think we all talked about it in our chat. We were like, Carolina's come on here and, you know, put the nail in the coffin. And next thing you know, it was like three quick scores, and then it kind of settled down. So, you know, I'm going to take Arizona here. I think I took Carolina, you know, I took Seattle last week as my upset pick. That didn't go as well. But I think both road teams come away with the victory, and I think we're going to see Arizona, New England in the Super Bowl. Um, That's good for us, too, because I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, Rich, you weren't on this one. But at the very beginning of the playoffs, we had this show, and me, Amos, and Peter picked who we thought was going to make the Super Bowl, and all three of us picked the Patriots and the Cardinals. So all three of us, if our picks end up (laughs) working out, all three of us could be 100% right. I know, right? I still haven't made my Super Bowl pick. Poor Go ahead, ahead, Rich. No, I was going to say, I I still haven't decided who's actually going to win the Super Bowl. All I know is that New England makes the Super Bowl. I I win myself 50 bucks. That was the bet I made with a friend of mine early in preseason saying they're going to make the Super Bowl. I didn't say they had to win it. That was a $50 bet I made with him, so I'm only one one, one away from a $50 $50 more in my pocket. There you go. 
Man, I feel bad, so bad for Cam Newton. That team could be very good offensively with, like, uh, if they had Kelvin Benjamin, I think that offense would be very different. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, it is it is completely um, Cam Newton. To, it, it's it, the reason that they're there, you know. That's what I was saying is, like, you know, for MVP, we were talking about it about halfway through the season, and I think it was just me, Peter, and Rich. And at that point, we were talking, uh, should it be Tom Brady, should it be uh, Carson Palmer, should it be Cam Newton? And I was like, if you take Tom Brady away from this team, and they were, I think they were 7-0 at the time, I was like, they're probably setting at like five wins. And, you know, Cam Newton, of course, is also setting at 7-0. and I was like, you take Cam Newton off this team, they're setting at like one win. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable that the, like, the difference that yeah. he's made with nah. this team. I agree, and it makes me wonder, too, like, at this point in the season, I just wonder if his body's just starting to give out on him. Like, it's a lot of hits to take. Absolutely. Oh, oh, Cam or uh, Carson? Cam. Cam. For all he does for that team, yeah. You know, it's going to be interesting, too. I think that, um... I think that, you know, uh, it's going to be interesting to watch that game and see what they end up doing because they, they really need to figure out something else because it's – Ted Ginn Jr. has one route in his playbook. Like, I've seen him try to run other things, and he's awful. He's not a good route runner. He makes yeah. long cuts. He makes too many moves. Like, he has a go route. And he is, like – I mean, he is, like, as fast as, like, a Ferrari. I mean, this dude could run down, a, like, a, a pickup truck. He's so fast. But you hit that go route. That's all he's got. And then you have um, Olsen, who's you know, a fantastic tight end. Uh, they have good running backs, but neither of them are particularly great out of the backfield. Like Tolbert's got good hands out of the backfield, but he, you know he's a little butterball and can't run that fast. So it's, it's not like having like a David Johnson <laughs> who can move, make cuts, make people miss. They're going to have to figure out something. some Something to come up with. You know, Riverboat Ron has hands full. Got to come up with something uh, to make this team, uh, you know, more deadly than they are. Make the offense more potent. So before we get out of here, we always do our lock and upset of the week. But I'm not, I don't think you know that we can really classify this as a lock upset of the week pick because there's only two games. So my last final question is: out of all the games you pick, out of the two games we picked tonight. If you could see one team upsetting the other, who would it be? For me, I could really see Carolina somehow beating Arizona. I- I'm sorry, Denver fans. I just really cannot see Peyton Manning going out there and matching the Patriots score for score with a healthy Julian Edelman, Rob Gronkowski, and Dan Amendola on the field. Well, I think if Peyton has any right opportunity to go off again. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I think Carolina's favored by three points. So technically, I would say Arizona upsets them if we're going to base it off the spread. So I'm going to take Arizona as the upset pick of the week. If just basing off the spread that Las Vegas is set right now at three points. Yeah, I, I think if Peyton Manning has anything left in the tank, I think it comes out in this game. And if it does, I can see it happening. I can see Denver upsetting New England. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to agree with uh, with Amos here. Um, you know, if if he just has like a little bit, you play it all today. You know, that's that game. This is the guy that beats you regularly. What did you say? It was like eleven and five. Um, this guy's had your card. He's the guy that won all the Super Bowls and stuff. Now you get to come out, and it could be your last season, and one last chance. Um, to you know, end his streak to not let him in the Super Bowl. I mean, it'd be a sweet moment for Tom or for uh, Peyton Manning if he's if he's able to do it. So I'd say that that uh, and their defense has kept them in really ugly games. So I'd say that 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 would be my upset. All right, guys, that's about all the time we have for tonight. Uh, tune in tomorrow night. Me and Peter will be talking the uh, movie of the week, which was the uh, Shawshank Redemption. Great movie. If you have not yet seen it, I'm sure most of you have though. Check it out, listen in, you know, join our conversation tomorrow night. 
Uh, we're also going to be breaking down, in case you were living under the rock, the new Suicide Squad uh, trailer was released Tuesday night on the CW is what they call it now. He's called the WB. It's uh, about the only time I ever watched that uh, channel anyway. Uh, but like I said, everybody enjoy their games. Uh, me and Peter will be back tomorrow night, same bat time, same bat channel. Uh, any closing thoughts? Anyone? Yeah, uh, go Caps, baby. Probably. <laughs> go Pats. <laughs> go Pats. I'm looking forward to the I'll weekend, the weekend day. game. Totally stoked. It's going to be some great games this weekend, and uh, looking forward to just the weekend in general. So that's that. Absolutely. All right. Uh, we are out of here, guys. Uh, Matt and Nash will not be on tonight. They will be back on Monday. Uh, the, I'm not sure if the stretch is coming on right after us or not. I don't believe so, unless they've got some worked out. Uh, so we will see you guys tomorrow night. And uh, for those that are uh, not joining us tomorrow night, enjoy your weekend. We're out. Well, there you have it. The boys were at it again. We hope you enjoyed tonight's broadcast. We hope you had a good night and stay right where you are. Another show is coming up. Y'all come back now, you hear? 